At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of canna bias, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gontrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to Gontrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of entrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Uh, today, I'm joined by Will Reed. He's the founder and president of Canna Planners, a Vermont-based website and marketing company specializing in the needs of the cannabis industry. And this is Will's second time on the podcast. And uh, so I guess it makes you a friend of the show. It's my third time, but who's counting? <laughs> We're not going to talk about the the, the the lost second episode. Yeah, um, the, the infamous lost pizza tapes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, before we sort of get into this episode, man, you know, just remind people, you know, about your background and how you ended up in the space. Sure. It's a it's great, great question. Um, I think, you know, like a lot of your guests, I've been... Um, you know, a, a casual participant in the uh, in the cannabis community for you know almost my entire life. Um, uh, you know, so I've so I've always had a, a passion there. Um, I come, you know, I started Canna Planners in 2015 after coming out of um, an agency that was dedicated to sort of supporting a specific part of a specific industry, nothing to do with cannabis, but you know, they, they, they were experts in, in marketing and creating digital experiences around this one part of an industry. Um, so as in, in Vermont, as legalization um, started to percolate in the early 2010s, uh, um, you know, I st started to do a little more due diligence, a little bit, a little bit of entrepreneurial research into kind of where, I might fit into this thing. I think a lot of people are, you know, because there's no book on this thing, you know, um, and there's very few people saying, 
hey, come on in and let me show you how to be part of this industry. Um, you know, we, a lot of us have to figure it out on our own. I think we all do. Um, so it was really like doing a little due diligence. I took a trip out to Colorado to see what their, you know, legal market was looking like. Um, and the first thing that hit me um, was the, at the time, lack of experience. And this is everything from, um, you know, conceptual branding, packaging design, um, even and especially in-store um, experience. I have a uh, I had a short career. Well, not short. I was with Apple for about six years. Um, so that Kool-Aid, uh, I definitely drank that Kool-Aid, you know, about like the importance of experience and even like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, this, the psychology behind opening a package is far more important to the consumer than what's actually in the package. So, you know, going out to Colorado and now, of course, everything everywhere kind of looks like an Apple store. But back then, um, you know, there was nothing but opportunity. Um, so I started Canna Planners and we started as a web agency. You know, web websites are the, are the biggest part of what we do. Um, and that's where we, you know, really started from. Um, we developed a platform that we could sell affordably to um, cannabis companies, you know, lots of mom and pop startups, lots of farmers, uh, things like that in order to, um, get them online quickly, right. And, and efficiently. And then quickly the, you know, as we started building websites, the thing I, you know, immediately saw the need for was the actual creative because people were still coming to us with subjectively or objectively, depending on your point of view, you know, bad branding. <laughs> so we started doing a lot of creative work and really helping companies that way. I don't even know if I answered your question, yeah. but that, that, there's a bit of it. <laughs> what What do you sort of define in, in your estimation as bad branding? This is a great question. So I don't want to be flippant in kind of the way I speak about it. Um, but when I, what I really mean is so our, our mission, like, and not to, you know, our superhero goal um, is normalization. We want to this market to succeed. We want this industry su to succeed. And, uh, you know, as I'm sure you know, and as I'm sure any of your guests would attest or listeners would attest to, like, you know, the market is still small. It's very, very boutique. It's only in a handful of states, you know, like, um, and of course, you know, we're not even really talking about CBD yet, which is, you know, obviously in a boom. Um, so the, all these aspects and really like the normalization quote, I think a lot of that can be accomplished. Um, and really what I mean is like the acceptance by older generations, younger generations, just people who've been, you know, quote brainwashed. I'm using air quotes on zoom, but, uh, you know, brainwashed, uh, to, you know, through the war on drugs, through rhetoric, like whatever, um, to have a certain opinion about cannabis. Um, and traditionally, um, a lot of businesses have towed the line and really sort of um, marketed towards themselves, towards like, you know, the stoner culture. Um, and I appreciate that. I'm part of the stoner culture. I'm a stoner. Um, but I'm also like totally uh, keenly aware of the um, potential that this industry has as it's only touching a razor thin margin of the entire potential marketplace. So really what I'm saying is like, how can we move? Like when I say bad brands, really what I mean is like, how do we make brands more accessible? That's all I'm saying. Like when you see certain imagery and unfortunately it's things like the cannabis leap, like 
it's been stigmatized. You know, the uh, the bright uh, green cross or even that green neon green, like a lot of these things have a, you know, again, we're talking about psychology here, but yep. they have a um, certain psychological effect um, that can do really one of two things, um, you know, speak to one specific person and or turn off the rest, right? So we want to like, you know, our, our goal is just to really create professional, good-looking brands um, that can be applied to a cannabis space and hopefully, you know, a little bit more broadly uh, of a, uh, or broader of a consumer base. Tell me a little bit more about how branding can help normalize cannabis. I mean, I, I understand what you're getting at in terms of sort of this imagery, yeah. but but sort of take it a step further for me because this is really, really interesting. Sure. Yeah, so I think I think going back to to like my, you know my life at Apple, it, it, it's you know that unboxing. Like I can remember when when iPad came out, and for two weeks before iPad came out, we were being trained. Like it was at a time when the the Apple employee would actually unbox the thing for you and draw back the curtain, and like there's this whole like allure around um, consumer products, and I think like you know, uh, that's something that cannabis has to some extent, but it needs even more just, uh, in terms of, again, bringing it to a more, uh, interesting place, um, not sort of keeping in line with, you know, not pigeonholing it or keeping it in line with, uh, you know, uh, the ways of the past, you know, we're just trying to break out of that. So I think like a specific logo for sure is important, but it translates to the whole thing of what we do. So for our retailers, it's like, okay, we've built you this cool logo and it's on this awesome website that we're maybe, excuse me, helping drive traffic to, but like, what are the rugs in the store? Like how, what kind of displays are you getting? Like, how does this whole thing how is this whole thing cohesive to an experience as opposed to just being like a logo? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, you know, since our last interview two years ago, you know, it's, you had started the company in 2015, as you said, uh, you know, our first real conversation uh, was in 2018. Um, yeah. You know, you've been in the industry for a few years. It was still, yeah. uh, you know, we, it was the year that, that Vermont legalized. And so we had, we yeah. had talked, you know, quite a bit about that and there wasn't, you know, the, the, the CBD and hemp market wasn't as large as it is oh, man. now. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about how your business has grown since our last interview two years ago. Insanely. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, and, and really like, we're just busy, you know, there's obviously like, okay. So this CBD has fundament, fundamentally changed our company. Like we're now, far more stable than maybe other startups at our kind of point are luckily um, people are looking to start company and especially during COVID, right? Like, yeah. you know, we can get into that too, but COVID has actually like had a pretty <laughs> positive impact on can of planners. Um, you know, people are being entrepreneurial because they've lost their jobs and they're stuck at home. Um, oh, wow. So it's a big, yeah. Um, so since the last time we chatted at Nikan or whatever, um, around the time, uh, yeah. So the the CB the industry specific, you know, because we were, you know, we're a Vermont company, so that's where we started. A lot of our clients, a, a good deal of our clients are in Vermont. Um, a good deal of them are farmers who, you know, 
traded in the dairy cows for, uh, you know, for, for hemp fields. Um, so it was about helping them kind of create a brand. And for, you know, people in Vermont, there's like a, there's a certain allure to the, the Vermontiness of kind of how we, you know, so we, so we do plenty of CBD products where, you know, we've designed, I think in the last, so in 2019, uh, you know, catch me at the end of 2020, which I guess is soon, but last year we did, uh, we, we probably built around 28 brands, um, you know, several hundred product designs. I think we launched, uh, something like 40 websites. Wow. This year we're definitely on track to double all of that. Seriously. Oh yeah. That's a, that's immense growth for, for a small company. I, I love it. And not for the re like, I, I like for the competition, like, I, you know, like there's a competitive to being an entrepreneur and like having, you know, been through my share of nine to fives and like failed entrepreneurial ventures. Like it's awesome when something like hits and, and, um, you know, there's a huge potential market out there that we're not talking to. Um, so right now our goal is, um, we're scaling up. So for us, that means really new, uh, new people, new talent, uh, you know, we've hired a new designer. We have a new vice president of, of marketing. Um, we have new salespeople. So we're trying to expand, you know, we're, you know, at, because we're just a digital company, um, you know, we have clients all over the place, but we really want to focus on some of these really growing like crazy markets, California, Colorado, um, all these places. So in, 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 in the time since our last two years, as an entrepreneur, what have you learned uh, you know, since our last interview, uh, as, as someone who's growing, uh, you know, yep. business in this industry, the, the, the one thing I, and I don't even know if this is a good answer to your question, but I would say like the most important thing I've learned is, um, how, how and when to step outside of my comfort zone. So like for entrepreneurs, it's really, and I guess like anything in life, but you know, for entrepreneurs, it's really easy to um, get complacent and maybe not be so uh, open to trying new ideas or even doing things like, you know, like four years ago, you would never have ca caught me like on a podcast, you know, or not, not four years ago. I was definitely on a podcast four years ago, but like prior to Canna Planners, you know, you wouldn't catch me doing this. It's way outside of my comfort zone. You know, it's, it's not who I was. So you have to, you know, kind of evolve and stepping outside of your comfort zone, getting in front of people, um, you know, being able to do all this client work and then confidently look back at it when I'm talking to new people and say, Hey, you know, like I've built this thing, you know, with a team of insanely uh, amazing people who have a, a incredible level of expertise, like, how can we help you kind of be better? What do you so, look for when building these teams? You're going to think I'm so lame with this answer. <laughs> the answer is like, how cool are you? Seriously? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, if I can't vibe, if I can't vibe like 20%, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if it's weird, that it's so important. To, and I'll tell you why, like, that is such a lame answer, but it's true. And the reason is, is because like, while I've told you how we're dedicated to normalizing the industry and how I've told you about how we're doing all these gold foods, what we really want to do is give good customer service. That's it. 
Like we have these sets of services that we do, but really what we want to do is provide good customer service. You, well, you, but maybe you're, you're not going to be surprised at this, but your listeners might. Customer service in the cannabis industry, I would say, is generally not so great. You have some people who are doing it right, um, but because of where the industry is, it's still very nascent. It's still very new. People don't have the same sort of business acumen as, as maybe other industries are accustomed to. There's an opportunity just to be a group of cool people who can empathize with business owners who are trying to do something that's never been done before. So that's it. Like, I want to find cool people who understand the vision of what we're trying to do and who are happy to empathize and like relate to our clients. It's the most important thing. How are you preparing your company's growth as the Northeast where you're based is, you know, on the verge of really blowing up, right? Maine, yeah. uh, sales commence in Maine here pretty shortly. Uh, New Jersey is very likely going to legalize uh, during the election. Uh, you know, New York's going to follow. Connecticut's been talking about it. Rhode Island, yep. I mean, you name it. Um, how, how are you preparing for that growth? Well, this is another you're good at this tim you always have good <laughs> questions like this is this is a really good question i think like one of the things and this i'll answer this entre, as an entrepreneur one of the things that really attracts me to the beyond all of the stuff i've been talking about one of the things that really attracts me to the cannabis industry specifically is its infancy so like we can only scale as quick as the industry does so I'm happy to take, you know, we're, we're not that we are taking it slow, but, you know, I'm happy to evolve with California and Colorado and from like all these states that have already passed. There's what, 20, uh, 27 medical, I don't know what it is now, but 27 medical states and I don't know, 12 or 13 wrecks, something like that, whatever it is, there's 50 total states. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then a whole world that's going to follow suit of whatever, you know, the United States does at some point, maybe, I don't know, we're maybe <laughs> losing our edge here, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that really excites me. It's like, we can scale responsibly, you know, like as soon as Jersey hits, well, we'll have a stronger, you know, Jersey outreach, you know, same with, same with any of these States. Like, so right now we're going to focus on new England or we are focusing on new England, Maine has been very active for us because you're, like you said, we're, we're basically two days away. We'll see what happens, but two days away from, you know, the first rec store to, to open in Maine. Um, there's plenty more. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, I know that you're, you know, you're not a company that, that touches the plant and you, you don't have a lot of the challenges that, that those firms do have. I mean, even, even hemp businesses, you know, face a lot more challenges than sort of ancillary companies, but, but how, what are the challenges uh, for you operating a digital marketing business in, you know, sort of uh, the gray market that is Vermont. And I don't want to call New York a gray market, but, you know, the, the hemp only and medical industry here, you know, how, how are you, what are some of the challenges that, that you face with, with those? Totally. So, you know, any, and I'm using air quotes here again here on Zoom, but any kind of let's say non-cannabis business, just, you know, any other industry business has access to, I mean, you name it when it comes to marketing, you want to put a billboard up, great. Like you want yeah. to buy advertising, like TV, you want to be on the super, whatever. Um, 
you want to advertise on Facebook and Google, great. Um, we don't really, even Canna planners, like even, and it's because the company's called Canna planners. That's the only <laughs> red flag. We don't touch a plant, but I can't even advertise on Facebook. Um, really? And really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. Um, but, but so that's the answer is there's, there's plenty of hurdles. Um, and that's part of the excitement of, of, you know, a, an infant industry is, you know, we get to solve a lot of these problems. I would say like, you know, one that I can speak to fairly recently was all of our, you know, the entire CBD industry, you know, retail consumer, uh, consumer, uh, uh, market goods was affected like two years ago when, you know, the only uh, viable non-high risk payment merchant, you know, cut the cord. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, took it upon ourselves to form a relationship with Square. This is when they started and quickly canceled their their pilot program. So um, I booked a ticket to, to San Francisco and went out there and and, you know, really tried to explain what was going on in this industry to whoever would listen. Um, and not only that, but how Canna planners um, had a level of responsibility, pro you know, before Square, like in the vetting process, like we want to work with reputable people who are doing meaningful work. And we're go only going to work with meaningful people who are doing, you know, reputable work. So like, how do we, how do we iterate that to a big humongous company like Square? Luckily for us, it was um, something they agreed to. So, um, but you know, the, 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 the marketing side of it, it has challenges. So like, again, we're, we're, we're taking it slow. We're not doing um, Facebook ads. We can't, you know, like, and I don't want to, I don't want to um, uh, nefariously circumvent algorithms even like that's not a, a level of uh, you know a standard of of kind of uh, doing business that we want to follow like if we're going to do it we're going to do it right so we focus on really content you know building good content for our clients on top of the beautiful websites we build them using the awesome brands that we build for them when it happens so this this question might seem a little bit strange but strange but a lot of people might not know that in vermont you're not actually allowed to uh, billboards are uh, forbidden uh, you know, it's the only it's the only state without a McDonald's in the in the capital city. Did you know that? I did know that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> do, do you think Do you think that that Do you think that sort of uh, having to deal with that restriction, you know, that that longstanding restriction, maybe put you in a sort of unique position uh, to uh, sort of walk this this uh, forbidden sort of marketing line? Hmm. I haven't really considered that. I would say probably, maybe it had a, it, like a small influence, but probably not. If I'm being honest, like the way, the way that we scaled out, the, that we have been scaling out Canna planners has really been a response to our clients, not so much like the things going on outside of our bubble like you know of course we're following regulation where it needs to we we're definitely setting a bar when it comes to that in terms of what we expect of our clients um you know we want them to be transparent we want them to uh you know be we want them to be transparent straight up so um yeah i think i think all of the things that we've done even creative um and then marketing and then what we're growing into now which will be email marketing and 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 you know 
social media management and all these other kind of viable digital marketing tactics um, will grow into them. But we're really just responding to the client needs right now. And it's, it, 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 it's slow in some cases. The, the strategies, I mean, the strategies are slow. What, um, t- tell me about sort of building a company, you know, in a small Northeastern state. Do, do you think that that is a benefit or a detriment, you know, because people may see, oh, you know, it's, this is a small firm in Vermont. Like, why don't we go with the big guy in California? You know, do, what, what do you think? Do you think it's a detriment or, or? No, not at all. I would say, uh, it, it, it's, it for sure works for us. And I think like more applicable to your question than like where we are in the geography of the country is like where we stand in the timing of the industry. So like my competition, our competition, there's agencies doing what we do to some extent or another, you know, like there, you know, um, there's not many. With that said, like look outside the cannabis industry, there's a million, you yeah. know, WordPress agencies and, and, you know, design, you can go to five, like there's all these things. There's a huge creative world out there. Like it's all about digital marketing. Everybody and their grandmother does, you know, PPC, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think it's about timing. And, um, you know, in some instances, we're also building a brand. I think like our, you know, if, if I were to be completely honest, uh, you know, being synonymous within this industry for the things that we do um, would be incredibly amazing. And, and so, you know, you mentioned that you personally, you know, can't market, you know, because of, of your name and, and, yeah. and these sort of issues. So, so what do you do to uh, get your name out there? Totally. Uh, well, we work with, with people like you. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we, we work with the team at Entrepreneur for sure. It's a, it's an amazing resource for us. Um, we've, we've done an incredible amount of outreach just through, um, you know, some, some very passive marketing through Entrepreneur. It's been great. So there are a couple hubs like this, um, you know, that, that allow us to sort of put our name out there. Of course, like, you know, we're not at NECAN this year. We're not at BizCon this year. We're not yeah. at Canacon this year. You know, we're not at any of these this year. So I think um, a large part of what we're going into for ourselves is kind of practicing what we preach. And we're starting to expand like our content creation. You know, we'll be building out more video resources just to sort of like engage um, uh, directly with with our, you know, whatever our community, uh, but also to have a lasting resource for other entrepreneurs who are, you know, looking for these types of things. Like when I first started off, I was going to the the old Gondrepreneur website and, and, you know, doing that whole thing and you go on Reddit and you know what I'm saying? Like you try to network and, you, and this goes back to like stepping outside of the comfort zone. Um, you know, you got to go meet new people. You got to, for sure. It's, it's the most important thing. Um, so we're doing right now we're doing advertising through you guys. Um, most of our marketing dollars have, have kind of pushed back, uh, have been drawn back in so that we can use them for, um, sales outreach and, and doing more proactive sales outreach. But, um, yeah. How, how big of a loss, ha, you know, be, and, and, you know, the, the, the events that, that you had mentioned, they've been canceled because of, of the coronavirus. How big of a loss has that been? Because when I went to NECAN and I had met you prior to NECAN and, and yeah. I mean, it was, it was massive and, and it, I mean, massive. it was full and, you know, 
it, it was it was bustling. I mean, how big of a loss has that been? You think? Well, financially, it's you know, th- those things are expensive. Um, but it's important to again get out there and meet people and and try to retain business. But for us in this industry, it's more than that. Like we've got this, you know, we've got this burgeoning community of of you know a lot of great people who are trying to do cool stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I miss is like, you know, I've got a group of friends who like, I only see it, you know, it's like fish shows or dead shows or whatever. Like you only got the the group of friends that you see at those shows and or at the trade shows or whatever. So that, that part I miss. So what's, what's in, in, when somebody gets in touch with you, what's the most common question uh, that you get on that first sort of, uh, outreach? Well, if it's not like how, <laughs> how can we start building our brand? It's, uh, we've been getting a lot of outreach regarding social media, like paid social media. Um, and, and yeah, we haven't, it, it leads to a larger conversation about, you know, those rules and regulations, those terms of services that those kinds of uh, companies enact, but also what else, you know, what are other companies doing? Like, what are they doing in place of this? Can I talk to you about SEO? Like, how's your website? Do you even have a social media account? Do you have an Instagram account? So a lot of these things, you know, the industry is ripe with, you know, eager business people. Um, and a lot of them are uh, jumping in for the first time, right? So there's a lot of, you know, just basic consulting work that we get hit up for. Just how do I start a company? <laughs> I can't help you there, but I can help you make it look awesome. <laughs> so what's your advice uh, for those, you know, really early stage entrepreneurs uh, who reach out to you with these uh, sort of issues? Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. Like you're going to, you're going to run into your haters. You're going to fail. You're going to have days where you're like, what the hell am I doing? And it's about pushing through those days. And, I, and I, like my perspective is purely in the cannabis industry, man. Like, like I, this is, you know, this is what I know. We've been doing this for a little while. Um, and I, I five think years is a lifetime in this industry. It feels like, yeah, it feels like that. <laughs> it feels like that for sure. <laughs> but I think that like, you know, you have to, you have to have that mentality as an entrepreneur, but you have to especially have that mentality as a cannabis entrepreneur, because the odds are stacked against you. Like, I don't know if everybody has forgotten this, but cannabis is federally illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Did you know? So like, you know, I I seem to forget that quite frequently. Oh yeah. On the regular. Um, but that's like a big thing. Like there, you know, this could come crashing down at any, any second. And it's about, you know, excuse me, but not giving a fuck about that. Like you have to get beyond that and like dig into the work because it is meaningful. Like this is happening. So So, can't stop. Won't stop. Man. I, 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 you know, we've known each other for a while and, and it's not like we, you know, yeah. speak on a very regular basis, but it, sure. you, you, you offer this sort of, you know, very <laughs> forthcoming, very solid insight, you know, that, that a lot of people, they try to dance around, you know, sort of their strategies and that sort of thing. And you're just no. like, here it is guy. You know, yeah. 
So I, well, I really appreciate I, that about you. Well, thank you. I, I that's a very nice thing for you to say. And I, I think that there's actual like there's value to 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 me being direct. Like it's not wasting time. It's display. Like like I mean, you're looking at me, you can, and I, we've had this conversation a few times at this point. I'm still passionate. I'm, I like I love what I do. Uh, I'm excited to end this podcast so I can go back to work. You know, <laughs> um, not really, but um, you know, like that's the thing is I, I love what I do and I, you know, <laughs> I have experience in it. So I want people to understand that, um, or, or p- part of just my directness or just my, my enthusiasm is that like, you know, there's a bit of a fluctuating formula that can be applied to this industry. Um, and, and, you know, we got a good track record, like, let's go and crush it. Let's go get it. It's out there. Like, let's make a thing. So, so I'm, I am going to let you go and, and let you get back to, to your work. But uh, before I do, man, tell uh, the people how they can find uh, out more about you and, and give the people what they want. Yeah, we're on MySpace. Uh, we're on Friendster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> find me on, you can get my Tinder. No, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Canaplanners, uh, canaplanners.com. Um, those are, those are great places to find us and, uh, we'd love to hear from you for sure. Cool, man. I, hey man, I really appreciate uh, your time today. Um, you know, and, and, uh, hopefully we'll have another conversation in, in less than two years and, and it'll be, you know, well, there'll be a bustling, uh, industry in Vermont and, and we can, you know, meet on, on the boat and, and just, just chief out. And, you know, even though they probably won't allow that because we'll be still be going. Well, I've been doing that since, since the nineties. <laughs> Oh, man. That's Will Reed. He's the founder and president of Canna Planners, a Vermont-based website and marketing company specializing in the needs of the cannabis industry. Man, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, you know, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com on Spotify and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault. 